0: The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's
1: what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We have NFL news, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, and MLB happenings. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast
0: Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Hey, good what you got cooking? How's
1: about cooking something up with me? Welcome in to an all new edition of the Sports Though Podcast, presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com, try out your new favorite flavor, and use the code Belly Up to get fifteen percent off your purchase. I'm your host, Vince Stover. I'm joined as I am uh, pretty much every Wednesday night by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing?
0: Doing good. Doing good. Just about the summertime, so a lot of sports going on.
1: You know, uh, I, I hate to be the one to I have to talk about this, but uh, LeBron James swept uh, out of his uh, uh, the uh, conference finals I'm not sure that, uh, that's goat material getting swept, uh, by the lowly nuggets. So, um, you know, it's funny. I put something on, uh, Twitter a couple days ago, the, the clip of LeBron James getting poked in the eye, but then acting like he got slapped in the hand and diving across the floor and into some fans and all that kind of stuff. I said, that's why I'll never be the goat, the flopping. I, I never understood the flopping from the greatest player of all time. So Um, uh, Jeremy Hawkins, he's the D line coach at EKU was not a fan of that comment of mine, but, um, nonetheless, uh, again, I think that LeBron is a great basketball player. I think he's one of the best of all time. I do not think he is the best of all time. Um, and I think his, uh, flopping is mentality is what disqualifies him from being that not to say that Jordan never flopped. But he wasn't known for flopping. And LeBron is, that's one of the things LeBron is known for. He's known for great passes, um, uh, big-time performances and things like that. But he's also known as a flopper. And just one of the reasons why he'll never be the greatest, in my opinion, of all time. But uh, Lakers out. Nuggets move on to the uh, NBA championship, NBA finals. I predicted this, Dad, back at the beginning of the year uh, with Parker Ainsworth. Um, He's got the proof. I predicted the Nuggets would win it all this year. So I'm I'm four games away from that prediction becoming true. And but you're Boston Celtics, so you watch every single night, uh study immensely. They uh survived last night. Maybe. They're going to force a game 5. Uh what are the chances the Celtics got enough in them to uh, fight to the end here?
0: Uh, I you know i I don't know if they can win the next one, then it could get interesting, um, but we'll see. I am you know, very disappointed in the way they played early and was very surprised. They got down you know three to nothing and um wasn't real sure about the game you know last night, but um they, they could make it interesting again, they've got a good team, they've got the people um there it would be a real shock, a real blow to Miami. Uh, again, Butler, you know, is a great player and everybody enjoys watching him. And I think, you know, he'll be something people will enjoy in the finals if he gets there. So, um, so um, you know, we'll see. Again, you know, I always think of this time of year, Memorial Day, oh. back in the day, it was always the Lakers and the Celtics. <laughs> always, <laughs> always watch the ball game on Monday there. But um, th- 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 and those aren't the there
1: anymore. There was a chance for that, too, uh, this year. But, of course, it didn't happen uh, as the Lakers get swept and Celtics are on the way out uh, here pretty soon as well. So um, the Heat are an interesting team, Dad. Jimmy Butler, I mean, what he's done in the playoffs these last few years has been absolutely incredible. Of course, Bam Adebayo as a Kentucky kid. Uh, Tyler Hero could possibly return for the finals if they make it there. Uh, It seems like the Nuggets are the favorite to win this at this point, but Jimmy Butler has put on quite the show, and I think he's solidified himself towards the top of active players right now. It kind of reminds me of what Kawhi did a couple of years back when Toronto won the finals. Uh, He just puts everything on his shoulder and goes with it. Now I don't think he's quite to Kawhi's level at that point, but he's up there. Jimmy Butler has been an interesting and fun, entertaining playoff player, and he's been putting it through. And I think Jason Tatum is one of the most talented players in the league. But uh, he had that 50-point performance uh, to get to the finals, the, the the Eastern finals. But the Celtics, I don't know, Dad. They just don't look like they can be consistent enough to win four straight after being down 3-0. Yeah,
0: I, I, I'm not real confident in that. But, hey, I'd like to win the next one, and then we'll see what happens. So. Uh, A couple, was it last, our last episode on, I had Parker on, I talked about some of these
1: coaching jobs and things like that. So if you want to go back and listen to that episode, if you missed it, Phoenix Suns are down to four candidates, Nick Nurse, Doc Rivers being two of those uh, candidates uh, as a, I don't follow the Suns like I used to. I would go for Nick Nurse if I were them over, uh, over Doc Rivers, in my opinion, I I'm kind of out on Doc Rivers. Again, I don't think he's horrible or anything like that. I just – I wouldn't want him to coach my team right now. I think there's better options out there uh, than than what he is. Um, but that's just my opinion, one man uh, for another. Uh, man, John Morant, Dad, we haven't talked about John Morant, and I didn't send this to you pre-show, so you haven't prepared for this. But um, the John Morant stuff has been interesting. He posted something on Instagram today that the police went out and did a welfare check on him because they thought it looked like a – I guess like a suicidal kind of post. Uh, that's not the case. At least that's the report is that wasn't the case. And I I I love watching John Morant play. I think that uh, I try to get my kids to watch him to play. He's made some mistakes off the court. Nothing that can't be fixed. I sure hope he gets things straightened out. I hope the league doesn't suspend him for a whole season. Um, but he's a he's a kid and uh, and he's a young man. I should say and and uh, I'd like to see him. Uh, recover and, and do right and uh, not get in any more trouble because it's not necessary for the lifestyle that he lives uh, to be doing the things that he's already been told don't do anymore. So um, that's what I have to say about John ja Morant. I don't know if, how much you follow that. Do you have any comments on John Morant that you want to say?
0: No, just, you know, follow up a little bit again. I, I think, you know, um, he's, you know, he's one of the products of, you know, kids, you um, getting in the NBA so young and so early, um, from there, but it's been that way for a while. And like you said, I, I hope he gets straightened away and, um, a good young man there from what Murray state, if I remember right.
1: Yep. Um, uh, to conclude our NBA talk tonight, dad, Boston and the heat play Thursday night, eight point favorites. Boston is, do you think Boston forces a game, game six, uh, or do you think the heat wrap it up in game five?
0: Uh, no, I think they'll win this one and go to game six, so um, then we'll see. But um, they should. I mean, you're know, having the game at home there, so we'll see. Yeah, they're the, they should, they're the more
1: talented team. Let's put it that way. Um, but, again, what the Heat have been able to do, I think coaching from Eric Spoelstra has been phenomenal, and uh, I, it's impressive. It's impressive what Miami's doing, no doubt. Uh, let's get the NHL stuff out of the way. I, I don't know anything about what's going on right now. I shouldn't say I don't know anything I know a little about what's going on right now in the playoffs. I know that, uh, tonight the Panthers and the hurricanes will play. Florida is up three Oh, in that series Thursday night, golden Knights versus the Dallas stars and, uh, Vegas leads that series three to nothing. So I'm not watching these games, dad, but it doesn't sound very entertaining if both series are at three Oh.
0: No, I, I think it's probably disappointing a little bit for the NHL. There've been really, really good playoff games, and there have been a lot of overtime games. So uh, I think it's it's been good from there. But now both these teams, and it's funny, it's the exact opposite. Vegas has been, I think, the best team, or, you know, in the West or one of them all year. Um, but Florida, again, I think was the eighth seed going in. Of course, surprised Boston and then just kept going through people. But they've got great hockey players. Uh, hopefully, you'll get to the uh, NHL finals, Stanley Cup finals, and um, it'll, be, it'll, it'll be very competitive. I know the NHL would like to see six, seven game series for sure. But um, I, I think probably both teams can close this out in their next game. So we'll see.
1: Carolina was the second best team uh, in all of the NHL, uh, but they have fallen uh, underneath the spell of the Florida Panthers, who have been phenomenal here in these playoffs so far. Um, Dallas and Vegas are both towards the top of the Western Conference. But, again, Vegas is controlling things so far in that series. Uh, who, who? So are, are they both going to get swept? are those series going to get pushed out a little bit?
0: Um, I, I think they'll, there'll be two sweeps. I, I think again, they'll finish it up and go on, uh, but we'll see. I wonder if anybody will be drawn
1: in by the Florida Panthers being this underdog, uh, last seed, fighting through everybody. Um, Vegas, I mean, we, we were in Nashville in the early days of the Predators, and that grew and grew and grew. The, the Predators' game experience, game day experience is really, really good. Vegas came in and they have uh, some really um, awesome entertainment things that they lead into games too. They do a great job with that too. Uh, So they're a fun team to watch. That might draw some eyes and maybe the underdog Panthers could draw some eyes too. Will they draw my eyes? Probably not, but I'll pay attention to what the score is at the very least. uh, At the very least from there. Uh, Let's move on to the NFL. Dad, a new rule change comes into place. It's basically the college football rule. On kickoffs, uh, if a fair catch is called, then you get the ball at the 25-yard line, uh, which they're hoping will end these mid-range kickoffs, uh, kind of to the five-yard line, where they could basically make the returner return the ball and uh, try to set up for bad field position. Well, now they can call a fair catch at the seven, and they get the ball at the 25-yard line, or they can call a fair catch at the 20, and get the ball at the 25-yard line uh, as well. College has been doing this. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I, I mean, I to some degree, I'm like, just play football. But at the end of the day, I don't really care too much about this. But I've heard some people not liking this idea. So, what's your thoughts on this rule change?
0: Yeah, I heard some talk about it today too, and kind of thought about it a little bit. Um, You know, they're wanting to, they're definitely wanting to de-emphasize the kickoff and take it out. Um, of play there a little bit. I don't think they'll ever get to where you just started to 25. Um, but, um, it, it does affect players as far as special teams is concerned. Uh, guys that are kickoff returners, this is definitely going to be an effect there. And like I said, you know, guys like they mentioned today, I heard Steve Tasker, you know, was a great special teams guy and several guys. Uh, this kind of changes that if all of a sudden the kickoff, um, doesn't become a big deal. And, uh, for the fans, uh, the kickoff, you know, has o- has always been exciting. It's always something that you don't, you know, you don't know about same way with the punt return. You yeah. just don't, you know, um, you can think everything's locked up, but you, you know, w- one move and one break and it can be a difference. So that's been an exciting part of the game. Um, and again, you know, I heard a lot of talk today, of course, the talk is safety, you know, a lot of people getting hurt on kickoffs, but, you know, the NFL are they consistent with that? Or are they doing other things that, you know, are, you could say argue or does not help safety, uh, from there. So, um, I, you know, I, again, it's something they're just going to get used to. I saw the Packers kick returner today said, Hey, it's, you know, that's the rule and they made the rule and that's what we'll do. So, you know, there's no use to really, you know, discuss a lot about it. So, um, yeah, I, I was a little surprised about that but because, um, again, the kickoff has been something, again, yes, it is a dangerous play in football, but it's something that's been very exciting um, over the years. So, um, we'll, you know, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, again, it
1: doesn't mean that they can't return kickoffs now. Um, they can still return it if they want to. It just gives them another option. Um, and uh, I don't know, but it's just see what, how special teams coaches adjust to this, if at all. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, if, you, if they're starting at the 25, it's better than starting at the 45. So, uh, I mean, touchbacks have been normal uh, normalized, especially in recent years. So I, I don't think it's that big of a deal at this point. I don't think it influences the game a ton. It does influence the guys that are covering kicks, like you mentioned. Um, guys make teams based off on how they cover kicks. And now if it's going to be fair catch all the time, that guy may not stand out anymore which could help teams out. Honestly, their roster can be guys that are a little bit more versatile in the sense that they can play a bigger role on uh, defense or offense, whatever it may be, and you don't need those guys. But you still need them on punt, punt teams and things like that too. So it's still there, but the opportunity is shrinking for some guys. No doubt about that. Um, the uh, I mean, the news, you know, there's not a lot of NFL news going on right now. There is, of course, Aaron Rodgers in New York, and he's been there working out. Uh, small injury, nothing nothing major uh, there. There's been one major injury so far. The Commander's lost the tied in uh, to an Achilles injury for the season. But overall, it seems like the NFL is just kind of rolling through the process right now. But it won't be long, and we'll be uh, in the camps and uh, headed towards preseason, a Hall of Fame game, all that good stuff coming up before too long as well. So any other NFL topics you want to talk about?
0: Well, the other couple of rule things, I think the third quarterback, I think that was a good good thing to be able to provide um, for that. I was a little surprised that they have to be on the roster, uh, 56-man roster, 53-man roster, as far as now they let you bring practice squad people up. And I'm a little surprised that you couldn't activate a quarterback from the practice squad and um that be your backup quarterback so a little surprised about that so teams i i a lot of teams probably st- are still aren't going to keep three quarterbacks on the roster but we'll see how that affects things from there
1: they and will in probably quarter- in the playoffs right uh, regular season no but i would think in the playoffs that's where you'll see that third quarterback
0: yeah that that would make some that makes sense there Um, or, you know, of course, like I said, when you get an injury, then you can, you know, put somebody on the active roster, um, the flexing, the Thursday games, we kind of knew that was going to happen, um, from there. Um, I don't know, but that's a real good idea, but again, you know, football's all about money and, and that's where things are going you say it's not a real good idea. It,
1: it is just not for everybody. <laughs> it's a great idea for Amazon Prime. It's a great idea for the NFL. Um, it's not a great idea for, honestly, I think it's a great idea for most fans. Um, it's not a great idea for all the players necessarily. Um, it is interesting. They said you got to give a 28-day notice, I think it is, if you're going to yeah. flex the team on Thursday night. I think that gives plenty of time for fans. to. There are some fans who will go out and buy tickets. I think it's more fans who are going to have bought tickets for a Thursday night game that gets flexed out as opposed to the guys who bought a ticket for a Sunday night game that gets flexed in to Thursday night. Um, So, I I mean, it's going to affect some fans. I think generally speaking, if you have a month to make plans, you're going to be okay. Uh, I would assume if you bought game tickets, they're going to be good for Thursday night if you already bought them for a Sunday game. Right. Uh, yeah, I,
0: would, I would assume. It was interesting. There were eight teams that voted against it, and the eight teams were all people pretty much with big fan bases um, that they said, you know, that would really affect, you know, big fan bases as far as Sunday games were concerned um, and things like that. So um, there seemed to be a pretty common thread um, with the teams that voted against it. Um, so that was interesting.
1: Three of those teams were NFC North teams, Packers, Chicago, and Detroit. Minnesota, the only North team to not vote against uh, that change. But we all know that Minnesota Viking fans don't travel, so you don't have to worry about that affecting any of their plans uh, anyhow. Um, It's going to be a fun season. I'm excited to get to it. I've been already thinking through our summer shows and how we're going to do some ranking things and uh, preview things and things like that. There's plenty of things to look at. Uh, in those, uh, with all the changes that have made place, all the draft picks, all the things going on. Um, so we will definitely look at that in the days to come, uh, before we switch gears into major league baseball, I want to let people know about righteous felon jerky. If you want the purest jerky in the game, you got to go straight to the source and righteous felon has partnered with the best natural black Angus beef producers in the land to lock up supply and guarantee the best tasting best textured, and freshest beef jerky on the market. Righteous Felon is available at RighteousFelon.com. Use promo code BellyUp. You get 15% off your purchase. Again, that's RighteousFelon.com. Promo code BellyUp, B-E-L-L-Y-U-P, for 15% off your purchase at checkout. Uh, I I really like Righteous Felon Jerky. I found some flavors I really like. I love the texture, and the beef sticks are really good, too. So make sure you check it out. Uh, and use that promo code so that they know we sent you as well. All right, let's get into Major League Baseball. I want to start off, Dad, with Carlos Correa. Uh, In the offseason, he had the most uh, eventful offseason, signing with the Giants only to fail a physical, signing with the, what, Mets, I think, only to fail a physical, and then ending up back in Minnesota. Well, he's injured. I have no idea if this has anything to do with those failed physicals. Uh, but according to ESPN, uh, it says that foot and heel injuries with the MRIs, not a whole lot of other information right now. I felt like coming into this season, there was going to be a moment Carlos Correa was going to miss time just based off the fact that two teams were scared off. Now, granted, they were looking at long term, major money deals. So maybe it was it nothing to do with those physicals. Who knows? Uh, but uh, just a matter of time before Carlos Correa was going to miss time. And it seems like the time is now.
0: Yes, that's, I mean, that definitely is is where it is. And, um, you know, we'll see where it's going. The Twins have done well, and we'll see if they can hang in there through this. Yeah, uh,
1: and we'll talk about the standings here in just a moment. It is interesting to see it and and how it'll play out. We will see. There's been a lot of injuries. Um, I believe on Sunday night we're going to try to have a, uh, our Injured List podcast host uh, come on the show and talk through some of these injuries with us. But, um, man, it's been it's been crazy to watch. I know for the Brewers, they've lost pitchers. Um, it's been a rough deal. They went out and signed a veteran pitcher this week, so we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, but injuries are a big part of it. I know uh, not just injuries, but players that were supposed to be really good that haven't been good. Jose Abreu, for example, not been great. Um, Corey Kluber. Uh, he's getting moved to the bullpen. I saw as well this week. So lots of things happening. Uh, the A's and, uh, Las Vegas apparently have a deal in place to move the A's officially to Vegas, which is not surprising. We talked about this before Vegas has NFL has NHL is about to get major league baseball and has been rumored to be getting NBA team as well. And Vegas is one of those spots that just makes sense. I suppose. Uh, four major league teams so that's intriguing and then tampa bay dad is uh got a possible suitor to buy the team and it's been crazy to see these crowds tampa has been so good this year and they cannot fill a stadium to save their lives it seems like so what will it take for tampa to get the the community behind them
0: um yeah, I don't, you know, like I said, that, that's surprising from there. And, of course, the Rays are, you know, kind of the big team in the area right now, um, you know, with the Bucks kind of uh, in flux there. So um, I, I'm not sure. I, it's been a little different down there. I'm trying to think where the stadium is right now. I know for a while it was in St. Pete. And so there was a little bit of back and forth, you know, was it Tampa's team? Was it there? And, um, you know, there's enough fans there. You would think that wouldn't none of that would really be a problem. But, um, I, yeah, I mean, as good as they are, that would be very surprising, you know, um, for that team to move. So,
1: Yeah, uh, I drove past their stadium last time I was down in Florida uh, because we were going from uh, Tampa area over to, uh, um, anyways, some other place. And, and But uh, uh drove right past the stadium. It's not you know super nice at the dome. Uh, not super nice or anything like that. But uh, I guess they've had issues with building a new one and everything as well. It's not been an area where they've been able to find a, uh, a permanent place where they knew they were going to be for many, many years. So um, we'll see what happens, if they get it sold or not. It's still, it's just outside of St. Pete. Uh, but I don't know. (laughs) That's crazy that you can have a team as good as Tampa has been over the last several years, and as good as they are this year, they should not be struggling to get attendance uh, into their stadium. So let's start with the AL East ad. Tampa still three games up on Baltimore. Uh, The Yankees are now five games back. They're on a five-game win streak. Uh, They've been really sharp as of late. The Red Sox and the Blue Jays are eight and a half back. Uh, Red Sox on a losing streak currently, and the Toronto has not looked good as of late either. Yet, all of these teams, all five ALS teams, AL East teams, are above 500, and they're the only place uh, that can say that. Uh, So it's an intriguing division, and uh, I think it's going to be close all the way through, but Tampa got such that great head start that we think they can hold on to it throughout the year, or are they going to get caught eventually by the Yankees? or by somebody else.
0: Yeah, well, with the, with the way they're playing, I think there's a good chance they could hold on. But like you said, that's an interesting division when they're all above 500. So it's not like somebody is just, well, you know, every time you play them, you're going to be okay. These guys were all really competitive, and they'll probably all move around. I think Toronto will get back up. Boston's probably been a little bit of a surprise. Of course, we knew going into the season, Baltimore could be a lot better. Um, and you know, again, you know, keeping up with it quite a bit on fantasy baseball, there's a lot of good players <laughs> in that yeah. division and they're playing well. So, um, yeah, that, that division is definitely the power division right now.
1: Yeah. Tampa is, uh, has has 107 point differential right now. Um, that's the second highest to the Texas Rangers. Uh, but they've scored 297 runs, only given up 190 uh, which is a league best. Uh, no, it's not a league best. I apologize. Minnesota has a league best of 185. Uh, but Baltimore is interesting because they have not yet lost double digits at home or away. So they're 15 and eight uh, at home, 16 and nine on the road. They're the only team left in Major League Baseball uh, that has yet to lose 10 games in both away and home stadiums. And they have been sharp, they're young. They're exciting. There's a lot of good things in Baltimore. I wonder if their pitching can hold up. But to be fair, New York's pitching has to hold up. Boston's pitching has not held up. Uh, The Blue Jays should have really good pitching. They've not been great either. Um, So there's a lot of uh, intrigue around this division for sure. Uh, The AL Central Minnesota leads the way. They're three games up on the Tigers of all people. Uh, But Minnesota is the only team in the AL Central above 500. Uh, The Tigers, like I said, are three back, Cleveland four and a half back, Uh, Chicago five and a half back, and the Royals, you can just go ahead and write them off. Um, I'm surprised by the Tigers being up here, even though they're 21 and 25, uh, they are still in the hunt in the AL Central and Cleveland. I don't know what's going on in Cleveland, but uh, it's not been pretty. They've not been able to score runs so far this season. So uh, we know Minnesota was going to be good Uh, coming into it. We thought It was kind of a race between Minnesota and Cleveland and I thought Chicago would be better than they are. Uh, but Detroit's hanging in there. What do you think about the central race right now?
0: Well, yeah, Milwaukee definitely, you know, or I mean, um, I'm sorry, Minnesota's Mm -hmm. team right now. Uh, no doubt about that, but, um, yeah, Detroit's been a real surprise. Um, I think Cleveland, you know, will definitely rebound. Like I said, the white Sox, you know, have definitely been a disappointment there. So, um, so we'll see. I, I think you know Minnesota will hold up right now. Their pitching thinks doing well. I've got several of their pitchers in fantasy, so I kind of follow them a little bit. And um, um, you know, if you got good pitching, you can stay right in there. So we'll see. Yeah, I know
1: Detroit. They got three guys who are supposed to be good that have yet to been great, um, and they've they've held their own. Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson are the two young guys. Javier Baez came in in free agency last year, and they're all holding their own now, which is keeps, keeps uh, the Tigers in the hunt at the very least. Uh, and then the pitching has overachieved pretty much at this point. Again, not great, uh, except for Eduardo Rodriguez. He's been really, really good. He's four and four, uh, but he's got a 2.19 ERA. Uh, he's been solid. He's 61 strikeouts uh, in 61.2 innings. So he is He's rolling. Uh, Everybody else is kind of, well, not been great. Uh, But Eduardo Rodriguez is carrying the Detroit team right now. AL West is another fun division. The Rangers have been in first place for a while now. They're three games up on the Houston Astros who are starting to get healthy, uh, which could be a scary thing for the division. The Angels are still hanging around. Uh, Four of the five West teams are above 500, save the Oakland Athletics or 10 and 40, and have a negative 178 run differential, Uh, but uh, I like what the Rangers are doing, Dad, and I think this is a team that could possibly hold on, although I still would say the Astros are going to win this division, the Rangers have been pretty solid so far.
0: Um, They have been, but like you said, you know, there are four teams there above 500, so people could, um, you know, people could stay in this, would be interesting to see, you know, we've talked before the season started about the angels um be great you know to see them you know do better and and they have improved at this point i would think houston though will definitely rebound and see but texas played awful good baseball so um you know it it, it, it'll be interesting to see we get to the all-star break where things are but uh, i would think houston would be that you're still the team there to beat so
1: Yeah, Jacob DeGrom has been phenomenal in in Texas, except for he's only pitched 30 innings. Uh, Six games, 30 innings. He's got 45 strikeouts, 2.67 ERA. Um, And when he's healthy, he's great. But that was been the concern the whole time, is could he stay healthy? Uh, Nathan Avaldi's had a really good season so far for Texas. Uh, Martin Perez, John Gray are surviving, and Andrew Haney as well has done some good things. I kind of have written off, The Angels and the Mariners as contenders, Uh, not to say they can't make the playoffs. I just feel like it's Texas and Houston right now in that division. Uh, The National League, the East, again, is always an interesting uh, fight in the East, but only two teams over five hundred, which just blows my mind. Atlanta has been really good. They've battled through injuries and adversity, yet here they sit, four and a half up on the Mets. The Marlins are hanging around. Uh, They're at 24 and 25. The Philadelphia Phillies, though, dad, 23 and 26, six and a half back, negative 31 point differential, lost three, uh, lost seven of their last 10, uh, have only won nine games on the road. This Phillies team is stacked. How are they not doing better than what they're doing right now?
0: Yeah, like I said, looking at it preseason, there'd be no problem, you know, that they'd be one of the the top teams and they just have not performed. So I, I don't know what. All the deal is, but like I said, the Mets have gotten you know hot again and and gotten up there in second place. So I don't know if Philadelphia you know could get could get themselves on the spot where they can't catch back up to even get in the playoffs. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, their pitching has been atrocious, especially their starting pitching. Aaron Nola supposed to be an ace. He's four and three, four point three one ERA. Uh, not been what he was supposed to be. Zach Wheeler. Uh, has been slightly better, but not much better. The pitching has been really, really rough for Philadelphia. I knew their bullpen could have trouble, but their starting pitcher being su- pitchers being so bad is truly surprising. Um, and then I'm impressed that with Atlanta, they've they've had some injuries and their pitching staff has been beaten up, yet they're sitting at the top of the division. Maybe in some part with the fact that the rest of the division hasn't been great. But Ronald Acuna Jr. is 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 all in I mean everything he does seems to be working uh he's been a fun fun watch so far this year hitting 337 11 home runs 20 stolen bases uh he's been everything they needed this year
0: no he he, he's been great and like I said the Braves right now kind of have things in control it looks like they're doing well like I said they have had some injuries and they battled through that so um yeah
1: yeah, they're surviving. Spencer Strider, who was really good last year, has continued to be good. Bryce Elder has showed up this year. He's 3-0 and on the year, 2.06 ERA. Um, he's not getting a ton of strikeouts, but he's striking some guys out. Charlie Morton's still surviving, uh, but it's an interesting team, and they look like they've got control of the East as of right now. NL Central, Milwaukee is on top uh, of a struggling division uh pittsburgh still above 500 they're two games back uh from milwaukee the cubs five games back the cardinals finally woke up uh they're five and a half back uh i wonder if it's too little too late for st louis uh but only five and a half back this early in the season seems like they got plenty of time are you su- well you are surprised st louis started off so bad are you surprised that they're finally getting on track
0: no, I mean again, you didn't. You wouldn't think you know they were going to be as bad as they as, as they started out. So the Cardinals always have a you know have a habit of being able to get stronger again. I don't know that they have the pitching that they need to really make a move in that. You know, Milwaukee, of course, is in good shape, and I, I don't think Pittsburgh is necessarily going to go away. They're not as hot as they were, but um, I, they they may they may stay. They may stay um, up there at least in a shot at the playoffs for a while.
1: Uh, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. Uh, um, I feel very comfortable saying the Pirates will not be around at the end of the year as legit playoff contenders. Uh, I don't think they'll be in the hunt uh, come All-Star break or shortly after. Uh, But St. Louis, on the other hand, again, pitching has been their downfall so far this year. They do not have a starting pitcher under 4.55 in the ERA. Jordan Montgomery, Miles Mikolas, Jack Flaherty, uh, and Adam Wainwright recently back. Uh, it has been ugly, and that is an understatement from the, the Cardinals. Both the starting and the pin have been rough. But like I said, they've kind of found their footing. Seven of their last ten. Uh, they've looked good as of late, and uh, maybe they are turning things around And I actually kind of like what the Cubs have done, although it's been a rough week for them. Um, I still think that it'll go Brewers, Cardinals, Cubs, Pirates, and the Reds. Well, the Reds, they're still in the division, uh, but it looks like their hopes are smashed. Um, They've not been good as of late, especially. In the NL West, this might be the most intriguing division. I think the, the AL East is the best division, but... The NL West is interesting. The Dodgers started off slow. Now they're at the top two games up. The Diamondbacks refuse to go away. The Giants are at six and a half back. They've had a really good week. The Padres, another team like the Phillies that have all this talent but have yet to figure it out. Did the Padres make a run here in the uh, middle of the season or are we
0: just going to bury them? Yeah, I, I don't know that the Padres were going to. Again, you know, it looked like first of the year that would be by far one of the power teams, but they they you know, they got a lot of talent, but they've not been able to put it all together. I don't know, you know more than I do, but the pitching I don't think has probably been great there. And, you know, they do have a lot of great players, but the Diamondbacks, like you said, have been surprising and done well. And I think, you know, the Giants can hang around. Like I said, they've had a real good, you know, run here in the last ten games. And um, that division could stay close. That usually the Dodgers would run away with it, but the Dodgers have not been the Dodgers of old. Um, even though I think, you know, they're probably the favorite to win the division. So um I think you're right. That's an intriguing division and um, you know, could go up and down here. I don't know. I don't know that I see the Padres making It could be hard to make a run because I think, again, the Diamondbacks, Giants, Dodgers, you know, will all give them trouble when they play them head up, no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, Fernando Tatis has been really good since his return from suspension. Uh, Juan Soto has been fine, but not really living up to the expectation. Xander Bogarts has been a good addition, but not great. Um, No no Padres player has hit double-digit home runs yet this season um there's a lot that uh left to be desired i guess in san diego and then you brought up the pitching as well um i mean it's it's been average at best uh you darvish 3.67 era michael waka 3.58 era blake snell 5.40 i mean that's stuff you cannot have joe musgrove 6.75 i mean this has not been what they hoped it would be although josh Hader. Seems to have returned to form. He has a 0.90 ERA uh, so far this season and 20 innings pitched, 27 strikeouts. Uh, He's been really, really solid again. But yeah, the pitching again, you look at St. Louis, you look at Philadelphia, you look at San Diego, pitching has been the problem uh, for those teams. And the Dodgers, dad, they're they're not the team that they've been in the past because they don't have the players they've had in the past yet. Um, they've been really good at home and, uh, and I think the division as it's, as it's, it's close. I don't think it's great. I don't think you're getting a world series champion out of the NL West this year. Uh, you're probably more likely to get out of the NL East, uh, this year. So, um, it's an interesting division. It's been an interesting season so far. I really feel like we have teams settling into who they are. Um, Cincinnati is that way. Colorado's that way I think Pittsburgh's that way as they're kind of becoming what we thought they were a little bit more St. Louis was they're starting to play well so they are what we expect out of them but Philadelphia and San Diego are probably the two teams that I look at and go and Toronto I'll throw Toronto in there too are the three teams that I'm sitting there going why in the world are they not having a better season and I'm not sure we're gonna get an answer to that but I'm guessing somebody's gonna get fired if it doesn't get fixed soon Uh, in those places uh, there as well. Uh, Any other Major League Baseball comments?
0: No, like I said, been, you know, fun season to keep up with so far. And, um, you know, as we get into summer, that's the the big sport. So we're doing good.
1: Yeah, golf is in full swing. They've had had an exciting tournament this past week. Uh, NASCAR is in Charlotte this weekend as well. Always a fun time. So there's plenty of things still going on. Uh, and uh, we'll see how the NBA and NHL shakes out here uh, as the seasons come to an end.
0: Uh, anything else we need to talk about, Dad? Um, no, I mean congratulations to Green Bay as far as getting the 2025 draft—something they've been working on for a while—be a big, big thing in the community up there, um, a big boost, and I, I think it'll be a you know, the draft has become such a big thing, but I think having it in Green Bay with the history, I think will, you know, be quite a thing for the NFL. And um, you know, they're they're very excited about it. they've worked on it for a long time, thought it was gonna happen, and uh, now that it has, so that's been the big news up there this week.
1: Yeah, if you're an NFL purist and you've never been to Green Bay, it that would be a good time to go. Um <laughs> It's quite the place, and uh, yeah, it's it should be a fun time. I think, I think for sure, uh, for the Green Bay NFL Draft of twenty five, right,
0: 2025? 20, yeah, twenty five,
1: yeah. Uh, so yeah, it should be should be a good time as well. All right, don't forget to go visit righteousfelon to get yourself some jerky. Use promo code Belly Up for fifteen percent off your purchase. Uh, tune in Sunday night. Uh, for a live Sports Stove fantasy baseball show, we'll be at eight o'clock on the Sports Stove YouTube and the Belly Up Fantasy Facebook page. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to get a local hour this week. Baseball is in the Asun tournament and uh, pool play right now. They got a game Thursday. I'm not sure that I can get guys on Friday, so we'll play that by ear. But we got a busy summer coming up with the Sports Stove. Uh, some neat stuff coming down ca- coming down. Uh, The line here, and we'll hopefully be announcing some of that stuff in the next couple of weeks. Uh, But thanks for tuning in tonight. Follow us on social media at Sports Stove on Twitter and Instagram. And if you missed any part of the live episode, you can always go back and catch the whole thing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts as well. Uh, Thanks for tuning in to tonight's episode of the Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.